the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. So I'm a little bit under the weather. You'll hear a scratchy voice. You'll hear a pause here and there when I have to cough. Um, but... There's enough out there that I should do stories and uh, update you on market conditions and talk some investment ideas. Yesterday, the NASDAQ extended its winning streak to seven days, up 0.08 tenths of 1%. That's tiny, but a win's a win. SP 500 is up one tenth of 1%, but a win's a win. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was up, uh, down fractionally. And that's where we get into, uh, this market's not really interested in finding the value. It's not really interested in the Russell 2000. It's not really interested in international companies. Bitcoin hit 37,000 a day on optimism that an ETF is right around the corner. Warner Brothers was down 20% yesterday. It is a really, really difficult streaming environment if you're not Netflix. And Disney showed some strength in streaming, but not a lot. So the SP 500 had eight winning days. It's the longest hot streak in two years. The Dow inched lower. Warner Brothers Discovery suffered its worst day since the end of March 2021. After reporting that Barbie raked in $1.5 billion, company still lost money last quarter. Wow. Um, let's keep moving through. Let's see if we can't get to where we are today. The actor strike is over, so that should change the streaming land stream, uh, landscape for a little bit. In the end, it's a negative in the short term. Weird to think about that, right? Unless you were waiting for Squid Games 2. Um, it's ultimately a negative, and Squid Games is probably made in foreign markets, so it's probably not lost its production timeline. Um, but how about uh, if we were to say uh, Stranger Things? So the studios, the Disney's, the Netflix, the Warner Brothers, they've had it kind of easy. We're like, well, we don't have actors, and we don't have writers for most of the year, so we don't have to produce anything, and we don't have to pay anyone. So it's going to change and be a slight negative in the short term, positive in the midterm. Hollywood has been at a standstill for the writers since they've walked off in May. They made their own tentative deal in September and actors joined them on the picket lines in July. A lot of details um, on how the actors union re- resolved thorny questions around AI are expected to merge today. If someone creates a TV show, a writer creates a TV show or an actor is particularly, let's say, um, good looking with a bald head. Who owns those images? Is it the studio or is the actor? Um, 
I'm doing the show for a, a media company. I do a TV show for a media company. And uh, who owns those images? My contract was written a long time ago before that was an AI issue, right? The FDA uh, approved a new weight loss drug, and it's cheaper. Instead of about $1,600 a month, it's about $1,000 a month. It's called Zepbound. I think we're going to start seeing commercials for Zepbound, which is a version of the company's popular diabetes medication, Monjourno, specifically to treat obesity in this case. In uh, patients taking Zeppelin, lost an average of 22.5% of their body weight. That's huge. It'll be a competitor to Novo Nordisk's Blockbuster or Govi in the growing weight loss drug market, which analysts predict will be $100 billion by the year 2030. Lily expects to begin selling the drug by the end of the year for $1,000 a month. A little bit more, $1,060. Uh, will the insurance cover, Will the insurance companies cover it? Will the United States government cover it for Medicare? Those questions remain unanswered. But dropping a lot of weight drops your risk for cancers. It drops your risk for heart attacks. It drops your risk for liver disease. Uh, there's a lot of positives there that could cut cost of, of these programs. Disney reported numbers yesterday. Bob Iger showed why the company wanted him back. He posted better than expected profits, through ad, though ad revenue was down. Ad revenue was down. There was the negative in the quarter. They narrowed their streaming losses due to lack of production. Iger said the wins mean Disney can move beyond the period of fixing and begin building the business plan. Their free cash flow improved enough to the point that it looks like they're going to be able to do a teeny tiny dividend again. The long-awaited Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer is out today. Um, I It's a video game. Company is publicly traded as Take-Two. Probably would help NVIDIA and AMD sell more uh, cards. going to coincide with the 25th anniversary of Grand Theft Auto maker Rockstar Games. The company's president announced yesterday during their earnings call. Stock moved up 5% on the news. It's the second best-selling video game ever. The number one best-selling video game. Do you know what it is? It's Minecraft. Analysts predict similar success for Grand Theft Auto 6 at a higher price point of $70 per unit which could spell a heist-level payday for the investors and retailers. Um, it's a pretty violent video game. Uh, you kind of cruise around the streets, and uh, I, I guess you would say the cops are the bad guys on some levels. Take-Two said there they project groundbreaking titles to boost sales by $8 billion next year, hinting that a 2024 release is in the plans for Grand Theft Auto 6. Company stocks up almost 31% this year. Grand Theft Auto V did $800 million in global sales on its first day and drove a 43% increase in the GameStop's quarterly software sales. So GameStop, the video game retailer, did well. There was a halo effect when a com- game comes out for one company. Uh, some people upgrade their consoles. Some people upgrade their video cards. Some people update, and they sometimes go to the store. But GameStop's in a different place than it was 10 years ago. Um, I won't be buying a physical copy. I'll be buying a digital copy. For my children, I'm sure. So that's Rockstar. Pretty interesting there as far as what uh, the headlines are today. Um, moving forward, 
Meta is going to make political advertisers on Facebook and Instagram disclose when they use AI to alter or create images ahead of their 2024 elections. That's 360 days away, roughly. Citigroup was fined $26 million for discriminating against Armenian American credit card applicants, whom it characterized as prone to fraud. Wow. Ivanka Trump testified that she wasn't involved in putting together the financial statements at the heart of the New York City fraud trial against her father and brothers. There was a couple, um, how shall we say, not gotcha, but sizzle moments. The rate for a 30-year mortgage finally fell last week with its biggest drop in over a year, spurring an uptake in new applications. Those are some of the top stories of the day. See, I just got a message. I hate when it happens. But we have a resilient market right now. Uh, we'll see how Dow, uh, Dow component Walt Disney helps out. China's October CPI was down two-tenths of a percent. Initial jobless claims the week ending November 4th decreased by 3,217,000. Um, it's a tight labor market. That's the key takeaway. So the report is that continuing job claims have reached their highest level since April, lending some residents to the idea that there's been softening in what is generally perceived as the tight labor market. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. So I feel pretty good, just a little fatigued, a little under the weather, so sorry for the scratchy voice. Doing my best today. I think I should be able to pull this off. Um, the housing market is in terrible shape right now, and it may not seem like that to you. It, it's not a healthy market. A market is made up of buyers and sellers, and you kind of want the health to be reflected by activity. Same thing with the stock market. It's not healthy when you go straight up or straight down. After three down months in the stock market, we had buyers step in. This isn't a healthy rally yet. This is a snapback from being oversold and sellers kind of drying up. In the real estate market, we have buyers that don't want to buy because the higher rates came so fast and furious. changing how much you pay in interest on your mortgage. People don't really care if they have a um, 2% rate, a 3% rate, or an 8% rate. What they care about is how much can I afford every month? What's the bottom line to my checkbook? It's a tough time for sellers because they have to live somewhere, which means they're giving up on a mortgage that they feel pretty comfortable with. They've probably refinanced in the last 15 years. Most mortgages should be in that two and a half, not many of that range, but to the 4% level. And it's tough medicine when you say you got to go out and get a a mortgage now at seven and a half percent as a seller. You've sold, now it's time to go enjoy, get something else with that gain that you have. I'm not saying I'm completely handcuffed, but I feel it. I, I get the pressure. Tough time to be a real estate agent these days. It's a tough time to be in the mortgage industry these days. 
it's a tough time to be the people who support those jobs. Transaction volume is way down. If your incomes depend on transactions, you may be saying, you know, we need to scale back this Christmas. Up until recently, prices were holding up reasonably well. But I've seen prices start to come down. Someone listed a property in my neighborhood. And I'm like, nope. Last one went for about $895 a square foot. You're asking a thousand. You're coming down. And they did. Up until recently, uh, things were holding up pretty well. Now everything is ground to a halt. Prices are being marked aggressively lower. I think there's what we refer to as a Zillow algorithm, an MLS algorithm. It's heavily tied towards what did the last house in that neighborhood sell for, roughly. Now, again, that doesn't always tell the whole story because there's homes that are on more desirable streets. There's homes that are closer to schools. There's homes that are more modernized. There's homes that have grandmother shag carpeting everywhere. There's a thought right now that declining interest rates, which should be the next phase of the Fed's move, which we don't know when that's going to be. It could be mid-2024. As we go from peak rates, which I'll, I'll, I'll admit we may have one more interest rate hike if the economy continues to look rosy. Uh, but sometime in 2024, we're going to start saying, okay, we went too far up. Now let's find where it should be. A little bit lower, but not a lot lower. We're not going back to those rates. So there's the thought that when interest rates start to decline, it's going to bring out millions of potential sellers. People have been trapped in those 3% mortgages. Mortgage rates just fell 50 basis points in last week. A rate decline um, will it be 50 basis points like we've recently seen, or do we need like another 100, 150 basis points? For the record, 100 basis points is 1%. So when you get the lower interest rates, will it happen with a small recession or a big recession, soft landing or hard landing? We saw third quarter GDP look marvelous around the 5% level, too hot, too fast. We're going to see that come down. We've already started seeing the estimates for the fourth quarter come down. So what happens in lower interest rates during a, a recession? Well, it could be even more lower interest rates. There's some weird etiquette in the real estate industry. They just don't lowball all people on their houses. I like conversations to get started. I like the relationships to get making. I've had real estate agents in the past where I'm like, well, if they want 950, it's why don't we offer 925 and see what see what they say? And I'm like, no, 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 no. The real estate agent puts her hand on my back and pats it and says, no, 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 we don't lowball. It's kind of weird. I don't mind lowballing, but that's me. I always say no. And then the real estate agent's like, if you really want the house, don't lowball. I'm like, okay, okay, I got it. Real estate's not like buying real estate, buying a house isn't like a store. 
to your home. Your home isn't listed. It doesn't have a, uh, how shall we say, a catalog. Do you remember back when you were a child, the Sears catalog, the JCPenney's catalog would come out and you'd earmark all the pages that you want something off of from Santa? I think I believed in Santa a little bit too long. Because I could, I remember those memories of uh, going through the catalog. Really wanted a Green Bay jersey robe, so I could come out of the bathtub at night or shower at night and have a robe, which kind of makes me laugh now. So heading into a housing recession is what I think we're going to be doing—a recession that happens during the housing market pullback and the uh, economy pullback. Again, we're only looking for a, a soft landing at this point in time. Uh, that isn't catastrophic, uh, catastrophic, but it is going to be a tightening of one's budgets. The average credit card now has over $6,000 owed. That's the highest it's ever been. There's not really a good option for home equity lines of credit right now because rates are too high. The way we're thinking about inflation, if housing comes down, rents will come down. And if rents come down, inflation will too. There's going to be a lot that happens with this housing market when it starts to improve and when rates move a little bit lower in the next Fed cycle. Uh, I don't want you to financially stress. People want to talk. I'm here to talk. You want to drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Find me online at Rob Black Show. I post videos from radio um, on YouTube. You can listen to the show on YouTube. But also I post videos for my TV work on YouTube. The YouTube channel is Rob Black Show. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So this is a show really about or really dedicated to getting you to retirement. I hope you grasp that. I show you what I've done. I show you what's working in current markets. I own no digital currencies, but I'm willing to talk about them. Sometimes I'm not an expert. I'll start the segment by saying I'm not an expert at this. I don't do taxes very well, but I'll talk a little bit of taxes. Using a CFP to have a tax plan to convert your IRAs to Roth IRAs at appropriate times in your life where your tax bracket can be managed, um, i.e. getting out of a higher tax bracket and slipping into a lower tax bracket, is a wise thing to do. And that starts getting complex math, which I'm not great at uh, explaining on air. So you got to be careful. I can tell you that I like highly high quality tech names with total addressable markets of 100 million to 1 billion plus. Anytime you get 100 million users like you do at Spotify or Netflix and you raise prices one or two dollars, the ad costs go down over time, the marketing costs, and it just it it goes straight, not straight to the bottom line, but pretty darn close. And when you see Microsoft raise prices, Netflix raise prices, Apple raise prices, you know that the next couple of years are going to have a little bit more on the bottom line. Now, it doesn't always work like that. Companies like AOL once had that total addressable market. And then they product cycled themselves out. So it's a show dedicated to getting your retirement. I talk a little markets. 
There's an extended winning streak for the S&P 500. Uh, S&P 500's at eight. NASDAQ's at nine. Look for consolidation at some point in time. It's been a lot of winners. There's a little bit of lack of conviction going on. Because did this market rally come from an oversold market condition? Or did it come from last week, the Fed basically saying, we might be done? When they didn't actually say that, but we inferred that. Market breath is negative today. I don't want to say that bodes poorly. But for me, on the days when I look at the markets, I don't really care much about the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I'll report it, but it's not important to me. Uh, the NASDAQ, I don't really care about. It's basically seven large tech companies. You know, Microsoft, Alphabet, Meta, Apple, Amazon, Tesla, NVIDIA. So I own most of those names. So I do care about it. I just, it feels like sometimes it's the S&P 7. Or the SP 493. SP 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ are all a little lower today. The Russell's higher. I like the Russell to participate if I'm going to feel good about things because they're companies that you don't know. And unfortunately, there's a lot of banks there. And it's telling you that the lending world, in my opinion, um, isn't strong or isn't believed to be strong. But I'm not going to bet with you. I will say if you look at the calendar periodic table of returns, that there's a chance that the Russell 2000 outperforms the S&P 500 in the near future, i.e. under five years. But will it be this year? Not this year. Don't know. Crude oil is moving a little bit higher today, but it's still manageable. It's under $80 a barrel. Crude oil acts like a tax to us, where if you're paying more at the pump, you have less to use at lunch. You have less to use for Christmas. Ten-year treasury sits at 4.55%. We can work with that. 5% it's tough to work with. And since the uh, last couple of weeks, we've seen the 10-year treasury go from 5% to 4.55 today. We can work with that. Now let's talk a little strategy. Are you ready to retire? Um, there's a little checklist that you can put together and kind of see where you are in the mile marker. You're not going to be, in theory, buying a new home every 10 years like you did when you're under 60. That can be a useful tool in many aspects, buying a home. But if you have to have a job or income to support that, now, again, there's all types of retirees. Some will make $400,000 a year in income and retirement off dividends. Some will live off Social Security at $22,000 a year. As long as a person acts responsibly and has a good runway to pay back the loan, it can enhance your life to take out a loan. But in retirement, you may want to start shifting towards, you know, I'm paying myself off fixed income. Being saddled with debt, especially if it's variable, 
And a lot of people who have adjustable rate mortgages found out the last two years is painful when you can afford your home at a very low interest rate, but when the interest rates skyrocketed, it's a lot less affordable. So you have to checklist, how's your debt situation in retirement looking before you retire? Have you looked at Social Security? I highly recommend it. The website is ssa.gov. Um, I pull my statement out probably every three months on this show and go, ooh, look at that. I'm going to get $4,400 a month. Can I live off that? I still have to pay sales taxes. I still have to pay some state income taxes. I still have to pay some federal. Like there's still taxes in my life. Um, it would be nice if you turn 65 and, hey, all taxes go away. It's not how it works. So everyone should hit ssa.gov. Take a look. They'll mail you a statement every five years. They used to do it every year. Um, but Social Security will add an additional 8% if you delay it up until the age of 70. And it shows you all the numbers. What do you get if you take it early? What you get if you take it at a, a normal retirement age? What do you get if you take it at a late retirement age? And start being realistic with yourself. That's a checklist thing. Take a look at Social Security. Digest it. Two checklists so far, Social Security strategy. And can you manage your debt or wipe it out? Another one is to really take a look five years, 10 years before you retire at all your income sources. Do you have a pension? Are you a cop, firefighter, teacher, a member of SAG-AFTRA, a UAW worker? A lot of those pensions have been eliminated and replaced with 401k. So you're going to have to take a look at what you got, what your assets are, and what your expenses are. You have to ask yourself the question of, can I afford to live this lifestyle that I'm in right now for the rest of my life? You are no longer working for someone. Although I, I, I don't, I suggest you do. Not everyone. Um, but I plan to work probably until I die, maybe as a volunteer, not making money. Um, but maybe as a teacher, making a little bit of money. Maybe I'll deliver uh, DoorDash. I don't know. I, I, I don't see myself as staying around the house and fixing it up and taking the rowboat out on the pond. Something you should do five, 10 years before retirement so you can hit that checklist is determine a safe withdrawal rate. The popular guideline is 4%, but things change and you just have to be ready for the change. I'm not saying you don't use the 4% rule at this point. I'm just saying you have to be dynamic and understand like bonds have had two of the worst years ever back to back. Next year, you know, I was talking about the periodic table of Callan's periodic table of investments. Bonds may be a big winner. Maybe it's small cap Russell 2000. Maybe it's cash. It's probably not going to be the S&P 500 uh, because that's really seven big tech companies that have had a pretty good year, but it could be. I don't know if uh, Meta, I didn't know this year that Meta was going to come into the year and Zuckerberg was going to get real and say, I'm a, it's the year of efficiencies and he's going to fire a lot of staff. If he didn't do that, I don't think Meta would have had the year that they had, which was very positive, by the way. 
So to checklist things, you have to figure out how much you can take out a checklist of uh, 4% starting roughly, but that's not set in stone. That's why I work with a CFP. You want to check all your income sources of retirement, your 401ks, your 403bs, your stocks, your bonds, your real estate, your rentals. You want to look at your social security. You want to wipe out the debt that you can't service. Five years before you retire, you should learn what the frickin' frack is Medicare and Medigap all about. What are the deadlines? What do I need to know? Medicare is a federal health insurance program that can provide coverage beginning as early as the first day of the month in which you are turned 65. At 64 and nine months, you have a seven-month initial Medicare sign-up window. You can't ignore that. Medigap is a medic. Care supplemental insurance, which is private insurance that covers some of the out-of-pocket costs of uh, not, that are not covered by Medicare. It has a six-month enrollment window from the first day you turn 65. Can't miss that. Somewhere around 50, 55, you should look at long-term care needs. Um, I've got a mother-in-law who's fallen ill, and she's very close to going into long-term care. It's expensive. It's $100,000 a year, or it can be $100,000 a year, $130,000 in California. And you want to start simplifying your life, uh, financially speaking. I don't think I had all the checklists, but those are some good ones for you to start thinking about. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Just wrap it up. The new movie from Disney's The Marvels. Predictions saw the opening move from 75 million to 80 million expected to down to 65 million in recent weeks. I don't know anything about it. Um, Thor's Thor, you know? Spider-Man's Spider-Man. Superman's Superman. I don't know The Marvels. I'm not... That steeped in comic book lore. I'm sure it'll do well, but it's not going to be a hot movie. The, and one thing that's, that you got to learn from what the way I look at Wall Street and investing is it's about product. I've been uh, emailing back and forth a doctor. I'm like, you, you're pursuing way too many stocks. You can't possibly know all that product. And, uh, some of it he could. Like he, he he's going to know the biotech better than I do. He's going to know the medical devices better than I do. Uh, but also, it's about sometimes just making your life a little easier. So, Brie Larson is in the movie, and I'm like, yeah, that's not enough to get me to the movie. Guardians of the Galaxy. I saw the first one, and I, I love the characters, so I didn't know the comic book either. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was the SAG after strike where there wasn't a lot of promotion by the actors. Um, I just, I don't necessarily feel the vibe of it. Interesting to note. Have you ever watched those uh, shows on NBC universal? The below deck shows where they've got a formula where you have a captain who's typically grumpy and you get, five to seven crew members the people who clean up the rooms the stewards and you get the deckhands and they're 
mixed up male, female, young people, a lot of hormones going around. Testosterone. During the TV show now, they've started implementing um, ads for do you want to dress like beachwear or deck living? I guess yacht life is what it's called. And you just scan your phone into a QR code. To me, shoppable ads, not my thing. They've been the talk TV advertising for years and years and years. Uh, there's some instant gratification where if you're looking at uh, a young person who's wearing a, a short-sleeved sheer cotton top, you're like, hey, that might look good on me. It certainly looks good on them. There was a point in time where we they wanted us to use our remotes to buy. Now they're using the QR codes. Doesn't necessarily work for me, but I'm keeping an eye on it in case I, I should. But so far, no go. Buy now, pay later. Giant Klarna returns to profitability. I don't understand this one. I do and I don't. I just, it's not for me, and I, I instantly see the negative trappings of it. And yet, it's working on some levels. Buy now, pay later, BNPL. There's one company that's really big that you've probably heard of or seen, Klarna, K-L-A-R-N-A. A good example is you can get $200 pair of jeans with four easy installments. You can get an Apple iPhone at $1,200 for four easy installments. Klarna just had its first profitable quarter in four years. We in the United States are e-commerce obsessed. I think that's fair to say. I know my spouse is. <laughs> Transactions through the service at Klarna jumped 15% in the quarter. It's pretty good. They shrank their losses by 56%. Might be in pickier who they lend to. That's one of the reasons you really want to protect your identity. Buy now, pay later companies take on the risk of the loans that they dole out. So when customers don't pay up, they take the hit. It's not Apple. It's not Walmart. There's a rival to Klarna called Affirm. They report numbers today. By now, pay later services thrive during the pandemic. As people wanted air fryers and groceries, yoga pants. Klarna was a $46 billion stock in 2021. Now it's at about $6.7 billion as far as valuation. Company laid off 10% of its workforce. Regulators have said that half of those using buy now, pay later services make purchases that they can't afford. In theory, our government wants to help the people. Buy now, pay later users typically have lower credit scores and higher rates of loan delinquency than the average shopper. And you don't want to mess up your credit score. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you're poor. You don't want to mess up your credit score. Speaking of credits, um, so banks, just so you know, they're tightening up the IOU criteria for buy now, pay later. 
getting fewer but more reliable customers seems to be the business model for it to work. Average credit card balance has topped $6,000, a 10-year high delinquencies rose in the recent quarter. The average credit card balance at more than $6,000, it's the highest in 10 years. Total credit card debt is $1.08 billion. With persistent inflation, consumers are struggling to afford their everyday expenses. Credit is a art. It is not, you cannot fall behind on your payments. Um, it is, it, it's becomes, I'm sorry, it's not an art. It's a hard science. Balance has jumped 15% from a year ago. Credit card delinquency rates rose across the board. Most credit cards have variable rates and with the higher interest rates that the Federal Reserve spiked 5%. 15. Over 11 hikes, people are left with some credit card balances at 33%, but definitely in the 20% market for most people. Bye. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.